going on, Straight Talk Faithful? Your host, George Bakai, back again, pre-recorded with another amazing wrestling talent to bring to you. I'm not going to waste any time listing his accolades because we're going to get into it today. Please welcome Frankie the Beast to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? I'm all right, bro, but you got to get the name right. It's Frankie the Beast King. Yeah. And it's actually the Beast King, FTM. But nobody actually gets it right, whether it be French Canadian promotions or Toronto promotions. But just so we can make it, you know, proper, let let me do your, let me start that podcast over. Welcome to uh, that podcast. Uh, this is not George. This is the Beast King, FTM. And I am the guest on this show today. So let's proceed. <laughs> You're, I apologize, Beast King. I'm so sorry about that. Thank you, sir. Don't worry about it. All right, so well, Mark... You can call me... You know what I'm going with? You can call me Mark. Whatever the fuck works for you. There we go. Perfect. I'm going to go with Mark. I may even go with Frankie. We'll switch it up a little bit just to keep it interesting. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You know, spend your, spend your will. Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. So, Mark, one of the standard questions I always ask anybody I interview is yeah. um, I like to call it the defining moment question. It's when okay. we talk about the moment where you fell in love with this business that we're going to be talking about today. Um, my first memory of wrestling itself was uh, being really, really young. And I remember what, seeing Ricky Steamboat on TV doing a leapfrog. It might sound like nothing nowadays, but to me, back in the day, seeing that jacked up superhero just leaping over someone like that without the slightest effort just made me it just hooked me right away and uh, as time went on I hooked on I really got hooked by I was always a mark and a big big mark for the bigger guys whether it be Hulk Hogan uh, all your the jacked up over over the top bigger than life superhero not even human looking you know top guys like Sid Nash, very, 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 very influenced by Kevin Nash. Big fan of his, and uh, as 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 I was with the Undertaker. But um, that one moment that got me hooked, as when I was maybe I don't know six or seven, it's definitely that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat leapfrog. Yeah. That's a great moment. I mean, Ricky's one of my personal favorites. I mean, if we're going to talk Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, we have to talk him and Macho Man at WrestleMania. That's probably one of my all-time favorite matches. It was a phenomenal match. It was a phenomenal match, but wrestling-wise, I'd say it was it was stop-notch and perfect. Um, but I think it comes to personal taste. I don't think... It, like you just said it perfectly. It was one of your personal favorite matches you cannot say that it was the best match because like just like movies or music or any other form of art i do view wrestling as an art and not a sport there's no way to put like even for the when it goes to the oscars when they say like this is the best film I, i truly don't believe that you can say that there is a best wrestling match because everybody has their taste and their preferences and whatnot. But you can appreciate talent. You can appreciate the vision and the work that was put into something. And that match, obviously, had a lot of work and a lot of talent, a lot of psychology put into it by two brilliant wrestling minds, by two brilliant workers. So, yes, it was an amazing wrestling match. But I, for myself, don't find it to be the best match because I'm not... So wrestling-oriented, per se. I'm more character-driven. 
or you definitely are character driven. And for anybody who doesn't know the character, by the end of this interview, I guarantee you that they will. So I, I actually got to see you up close and personal at a crossbody pro show where you took on the reigning champion, Holden Albright, in probably one of the most... Uh, I, I don't even want to put it into words. I don't want to put a word on it because it was just... Well, it was a fantastic match. You guys went back and forth. And then at the end, I actually got to see you pretty much hang him from a rope over the top rope of the ring. And yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And, and talk, talk to me about when you get to work with guys like a Holden Albright, a guy who's, you know, he's been established a little bit. He's still coming up in the business. And then you got yourself who, you know, you're no slouch either. I could list your accolades, but I mean, you're, you're a veteran. You are a veteran. You've been in this business for a very long time. So That's a very, very polite way to say it. You can send an old bag. It's all right. <laughs> I would never say that. You would, you could. No, you I know. Could. I know you wouldn't say it, but I feel it. I, I, I personally myself feel it. I feel all this shit. But uh, yeah, I've been around. But you, you basically what you're asking me to say is how does it feel to work with guys like Holden? Yes. Um, I love it. Holden is a phenomenal talent. There's no denying that. And what I love about a guy like Holden, he's got a fantastic, so elaborate and diverse wrestling mind. Not only for the wrestling aspect of it. But you get in the ring with Holden, you know you're going to put on a show. You're not going to have a wrestling match. And that's what I like. To me, I got to hook every single person in the crowd. Well, the second the music hits and I cross through that curtain, if I don't succeed in doing so, then I failed at my mission as a professional wrestler. I want to get everybody emotionally involved from the second I step out. And it's a lot of work that I put into the character that I portray. I have it's like, it's two different visions completely. You have nowadays, a lot of the indie wrestling I find is based solely on pure wrestling talent alone. And you have some phenomenal goddamn wrestlers who put on phenomenal fucking wrestling matches, the likes of which I couldn't even possibly dream of doing and then you have the older guys like me which which you would say maybe like wrestling best me by but i'm not going to change it i am completely character driven i don't to me wrestling is not about wrestling the wrestling part of it is part of your pitch which you are selling is raw pure unadulterated emotions and that's what I try to do and that's what Holden does too Holden just brings emotions to the table he he doesn't just bring wrestling he wants to get people involved he wants the pity for the guy taking the beating the hatred for the guy giving the beating he wants the hope from the people when he tries to conquer back from that beating and whatnot. He, he he He's one of the very fun guys to work with, a true, pure wrestling mind. A hundred percent agree with everything you just said. And you know what? I I, I think that I, I see a lot of, in his character, in your character, there are a lot of similarities. They're very dark characters. They're very mysterious characters. But I think that night, the two of you in that ring, there was so much, and you mentioned it as an art form, and that's a hundred percent what it is. Wrestling is an art form. And there was yeah. so much chemistry that night. Is it difficult to say in this day and age with how saturated the wrestling business is to really find that chemistry? Or are you able to work with anybody on any given night? Uh, 
I, you know, that's not a question you should ask me. Because if a guy just tells you, ah, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to work with anybody, I think that's fucking pretentious. Um, I like to think I'm an easy match to have and that I can, you know, get along with everybody and go along, I should say, with anybody's style. Some matches will be better than other chemistry. Is, it, it, it's, it's, it's not... It, the chemistry in wrestling is magical. You either have it or you don't. You can have a solid wrestling match before emotions to connect. You need that chemistry. The likes of which I had with Alden, the likes of which I have with, per se, Speedball Mike Bailey. Who, by the way, has a totally visional wrestling than I do because he's a pure, solid wrestler. But we managed to bring so much emotion through his wrestling and through my character, he beats the fuck out of me. He's such a fucking animal. I hate him. Um, <laughs> and um, chemistry, uh, no, it's not always there. It's not always there. You can't, you can't say that you, you can't expect yourself to have a great match or a phenomenal match or even a good match every night. Again, people that say that they will are all pretentious assholes. I'm sorry. Um, I try. What, what I can tell you, what I can most definitely tell you, is I try to be one of the most generous guys, and I never make a match about me. That status to me is the most important thing. As even with a character as strong as I, as, as mine is, I'm not saying strong or like that the character is stronger than other characters, but that, that's such a presence. I, I, I usually actually need, use that presence to bring out pres like presence and the, charis and the charisma and the character from the others. To my fullest degree, I do everything that I possibly can to make sure that the person I work with looks the best. To me, that is what is most important. I know that my character is strong. I want to bring out other people's characters, other people's strength, other people's, like, shine and magic and that's that's what I try to do every time I step into those robes whether the chemistry's there or not so talk to me about characters since we're on the subject now I mean to to, to get to Frankie the Beast King it might have taken yeah. some time I know there were other characters you kind of leapfrogged through and went through was yeah. Frankie always the eventual end game incarnation or did you really have to go through a lot of different levels of your character to find that character I would tell you there was always no you that the Beast King uh, was really a decision that I took a few years back because um, I was mostly running around being a baby face everywhere I was being this over the top crazy balls to the walls baby face really intense really well, I don't know if you've seen some of my previous work and but it was really like a, kind of like a tweener figure, I would say. Because it should have been a character that people hate because I was despicable, but people were entertained by it. And I wanted that challenge. And, like, and, and it was presented to me that I was to be turned heel in the promotion in Quebec. And I, I jumped on the occasion because I was complacent with the character. It was, it was like 
easy to get to. I, I, I knew the character by heart. I, I mean, and it was easy to get. Mind you, this is what I think most wrestlers should aspire to, to get into a character that they're so comfortable with. They're going to get a crowd's reaction instantly the second they walk through. But I am, first and foremost, an actor, and I wanted that challenge. I wanted something different. I wanted to go deeper. And I basically want to destroy everything positive about what the character had. And you can use the crowd to do that, but mostly I go through my own emotions and my regrets, my mistakes, my path, my wrestling path is, my God, filled with potholes and misfortunes, bad choices, a lot of bad choices, uh, a lot of moments where I should shut my mouth and I didn't and uh, a lot of moments where I should have gone the extra mile and I did not out of fear of failure and I put all that shit in the melting pot and all that came out of it was just troubled and that's what I was a very troubled and desperate and fucking miserable guy and that's, I just took that, I soaked it in, like I soaked that misery in, and I wanted people to see a character that was really driven by his own misery, who does not feel the need for any accolades, for he's had them, but the true accolades that he's wanted, he never could quite achieve them, because he fucked up, but he lives up to it, and all he wants to do is just to make sure that everybody lives miserable with them and whoever has a chance for accolade does not receive them because that's what brings joy to me as a character, of course. I, The Beast King is a guy who thrives on making sure that people are unhappy. It's not about victory. It's not about belts. It's not about, you know, reputations and whatnot. He could be totally obscure, work shows in front of 20 people, but if he can fucking ruin a man's life in front of 20 people, he'll do it, and that will make his day. Well, I gotta say, I, I agree with everything you said, and I completely understand where that dark side of things come from, because I gotta tell you, but I have to disagree with you on one point. I was, you don't, you didn't make my day miserable when I saw you take on Holden Albright. You guys both... <sighs> You guys both thoroughly entertained me. That was, I mean, you mentioned earlier if I had seen some of your previous work, and I have. I actually am a big, big Kevin Owens, a.k.a. Kevin Steen fan. And I followed, I followed him from uh, the beginning of his career, and I saw a lot of the matches that he had with you when you guys teamed up. And I saw the matches where you guys were against each other. One of my favorite matches was back at uh, Born to Bleed. This was when you were with the International Wrestling Syndicate. You guys yeah, fought in that that six that six man match where you ended up, I believe, winning the uh, heavyweight championship. If I'm not mistaken, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fucking old man. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I found yeah. that match on YouTube. <laughs> I, I gotta find, I gotta search for it. I gotta check it out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin actually, Kevin and I are from with the friends, we're brothers. I I love this guy. He's done so much for me, and I like to think I've done a lot for him as well. But before before he moved on, I mean, it's not so not wrestling related. Just generally, as a human being, he's one of the best people, probably the best person you could ever meet. And um, I 
learned a lot about life from Kevin, and I like to think that I showed him a thing that I showed him a thing or two about it. I showed him through my mistakes. I showed him through my good things and my achievements. I'm just so proud of that motherfucker. There's no other way to say it. He's just, and he's deserving of every of every fucking ounce of success that he gets. Yeah, he's uh, he would never here for SummerSlam. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan. My daughter and I woke up at 5 a.m. to go see yeah. him at a Toys R Us, and wow. he was so gracious with me. But he was even more gracious with my daughter. She actually made him a bracelet. She does these rain balloon bracelets. Right, she, right, right. She made him a bracelet of the colors of the Fleet de Lure, if I said wow. that right. And uh, the fleur de lis. Fleur de lis. There you go. Thank you. She made him uh, the white and the blue colors of the flag. Uh, and he wore it literally the whole weekend. And that's Kevin. Yeah, man. And he was so gracious with her. He took the time. And uh, he was just the nicest cat in the world. But then you watch him when we were at SummerSlam. You watch him get in that ring. And he just tears it up. Like, he turns oh, yeah. it to that next level. And it's just, yeah. it, as a fan, but also as a man who is passionate about the business as I am, I just yeah. love how, and this leads into my next question, I love how you guys could turn it around because you're very, you're as well, you're very candid, you've been very open and honest with me, and I appreciate that. But then I go back to the matches that I've seen you in, and man, you can turn it on like that. And that's something I honestly believe cannot be taught. I think you have to learn that. You know what I mean? That. about my different visions when it comes to wrestling I believe that you should step through that curtain and possess everybody's soul the second they lay eyes on you and I I like to control them I'm not you're not gonna hear me say that I'm the greatest wrestler and have the greatest matches I like to say I have fun matches I have fun in my matches and I think people see that and feel that so they have fun watching them maybe but I have a hell of a lot of fun portraying that character and that people can connect to and I think people can connect to a character like that a miserable fuck I think everybody's been miserable with time maybe sometime in their lives they have the, everybody's had their rough patches and whatnot. and the beast thing is just a living breathing rough patch and he thrives on it it's got to be it's got to be challenging though with a character like that because it is such an amazing character and there's so many layers. But if there's ever an opportunity to go to one of those, you know, to, and you've been in those top tier promotions as other characters and stuff like that, but if there's ever been an opportunity to go, would you ever be worried that they would try to take control of the character and change it? Well, if, if I know that I could never bring such a character to WWE. Mm-hmm. I know I know what I want to. If I I don't I have no aspiration to go to WWE anymore. I'm too old. Um, not that I'm that old, but I I don't have the name value that I should have at my age for them to be interested in me. So, um, if I was to go to, like, AEW, they would... I, I mean, that's a very... The Beast King is a very dark character, and... Obviously, and there's there's been a lot of promotions that have asked me to tame it down, where I can't use the blood, where I can't use the snake, where I can't do this and that, and I most of the time will just I'll, I'll just go on with whatever the promoter is asking, but I'm and some promoters will tell you that I can be 
picky and difficult to work with when it comes to this character because I don't like to break the integrity of it. And that's just being an artsy piece of shit like I am. You know, to some people it's about their moves. I mean, I don't give a fuck you. You want me to just come in there and do punches and kicks? I, I really don't care. But that character has to be extra dark. It's not PG. It's not family related. I can I can I can switch it up. But if I'm gonna portray that character, I, I want it I wanna give myself to it a hundred percent. And yeah, I've been asked to tame it down and there's a few promotions that I no longer wanna work with for me because I'm I'm too hard headed when it comes to that character. Uh, I'm being frank. I've been not blackballed, but I've had heat with a few people because I wouldn't compromise. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you said, the character is not PG, so why should you have to change it? I mean, I get it. Sometimes each promotion has different audiences, but they should know who you are when they bring you in. So I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong to say. I think you you have the right to stand by your artistic integrity, and I gotta say kudos to you for standing up for that because you could have easily just chopped it down, trimmed it down, and, and taken the paycheck, but that's going to ruin the integrity of the character, and I think that's a stand-up decision to make. I don't disagree with anything with that. I actually respect you even more for that. I think that's that's a way to, that's a way you got to be sometimes. Well, I appreciate you doing that, but it's, it's costing me money. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, for sure. <laughs> but, I, you know, for what it's worth, I don't think I'm going to be going doing this for all that long anymore I I'm a proud guy I got my pride I got my ego uh, I don't think I have that much of an ego with my fellow workers I will do anything every, anybody wants to do within within reason within safety within boundaries of safety but I have my own personal ego when it comes to, I don't want anybody to once, and I've been saying this to a lot of my, my friends in the business, I don't want anybody in the crowd, not one single person, to just go like, oh, Frankie used to be so good. I don't ever want to reach that point. And I know a lot of guys really don't give a fuck, though, because they're, they're still having fun doing it, but they slow down. But they, they, they reinvent themselves and whatnot. And, and, but I don't want to have to... I already have a strong character. I, I could rely, I rely on the character, I should say. But I want to be able to... I want people to go like, okay, Frankie's here. There's going to be a fucking mess. It's going to be a war. It's going to be crazy. And if I can't deliver crazy anymore on the physical aspect of it, then I'm out. I don't want to ask that. I don't want to tame it down physically within the limits that I can of what I can do. If I feel that I'm slowing down physically, when I'm just not, I'm gonna stop. I don't want to go out being like this washed up dude, like I've seen so many other guys being, and it broke my heart. Uh, and I don't want other guys that like me to have their heart broken. Off. Mark was so good. You should stop. I, I, in, in due time, when the time is right, and I feel like, okay, my body's, my body's beat the shits. <laughs> I've been doing this for 24 fucking years, and I'm a naturally, I'll just say it in the open, I'm a naturally very small person. 
when I started wrestling the first day, when I first first day of training, I did all the training and whatnot. And then two weeks after that, I was like, well, I don't look like a wrestler. I got to subscribe to a gym. I got to put some muscles on me. And I did go to the gym and I weighed myself. And I was 16 back in the day. And I was 137 pounds. That's not being small. That's being fucking ridiculously tiny. <laughs> and I'm, give or take, I, I, I go from 245 to 250 now. I just, depending on my diet within a week. And uh, it's taken a stall. The training has taken a stall carrying all that extra weight on my skinny ass, like praying mantis for a frame. That's taken a stall. And I wouldn't change a single goddamn thing about it because that's me. We all have our evolution. We, 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 I don't think if, if you, if you've come to regret the life you've lived, then, or you can regret some aspects of it, but I don't regret the person that I've become. I might have regrets about some people that I've heard from along the way. Believe me, I heard a lot. Not in the wrestling business, but the people outside of the wrestling business because of my dedication to the wrestling business. Well, that's a common fact, man. That's a common story about amongst all the boys, I would say, probably. Because a lot of boys just put so much into, uh, not only the boys, but passionate people in general. If you're related to someone that's overpassionate, like most of the wrestlers are, or a musician, or a, a fucking guitar player, or a, a cook, for Christ's sake, who only lives for the fact that he needs to cook good food, people that are close to him will be cast aside a bit because passion will come first. And I think that's basically always been the case with me and I'm trying to balance that now and um, I'm completely lost in my train of thought I'll be honest with you <laughs> no you were you were talking about passion and how sometimes you know relationships have unfortunately you've lost some you've gained some because of passion outweighing you know I guess you'd say outside responsibilities within that ring but I mean, it, the wrestling business is, as we all know, it's a challenging business. It's a business yeah. that goes 350 days a year. And there yeah. is there is a lot of commitment. If you want to work and you want to make a steady living at this, you have to take the bookings and you have to drive through snowstorms. You have to drive through weather conditions. You have to drive to get to those venues just to see, like you said, you could be in a venue one day could have uh, 3,000 people and you could be in a venue next day that has 20 people, but you're going to yeah. give it the same level of intensity same level of passion every time and yeah. i mean like you said you've been doing this for 24 years so in terms of that leading to my next question you look at all your all, like i said all your accolades all the matches all the people that you've faced is yeah. there one match that you could kind of look at in the back of your mind and say you know what throughout my 24 year career thus far and the couple more years the the many more years that i have left in this yeah. business is there one match that sticks out to you that, that you feel is your best body of work to date? Uh, body of work. I had a match with Mike Bailey in Montreal for a promotion called Battle War. We, I believe we went for over 30 minutes. And my body hurt for a week after that out of sheer exhaustion emotionally speaking as well. Uh, 
barely lost a tooth. It was an accident. I got concussed. It was an accident, but this is the match where I, st- I got out of. I got out of it, and I felt completely accomplished. Like there was not a single thing that I where I went. I could have done that. I could have done this. I could no. Like I felt like everything that could have been done was done. It was done right and got the reaction that it needed to get. So that match, it must be two, two, two somewhat years ago to maybe three. That That is the one match that really stands out in my mind, yeah. I actually have to agree with you, and I have to say thank you again because that's one of the matches I watched recently. I actually watched it on the weekend in preparing for this interview. And you gotta love YouTube, and you gotta love all these things where you can find these. That match is on YouTube. That match is on YouTube, man. I had to look for it. I really had to look for it, but it is there. It is there, and I found it in like sectional clips. They were posted mostly from cell phones and stuff like that. But I was able to piece enough together that it was just fantastic. It really, really was. So, and I tip off the hat to both you and Mike Bailey because you guys, I mean, you can always feel when there's something special in the air. And that night, there really, really was. There really was well, something special. So that, that, it felt special to me, and it's uh, every. I try to make every match special, but that one was. And given that I have so much love for Miss for Mike Bailey, it, it made it even more special. We had another big, amazing match. I hate saying that. I, I fucking hate saying that. I had an amazing match. We had another very fulfilling match. There you go. Perfect. For another promotion that we that we that we worked for, it was a charity show okay. for mentally diseased children. And but it was no payday, man. We were just doing it because a friend of a friend of ours put it up, and we just did it. And we beat each other senseless. Because that's what Mike does. When he likes you, he beats the fuck out of you. And I, I try. I receded him, but not as much as I think I could have or should have. But I'm never able to out fucking match Mike Bailey when it comes to beating the shit out of someone. Um, that little motherfucker is so dangerous, so dangerously talented. I mean, <laughs> in a way, I mean that in a very positive and complimenting way. Uh, uh, I 100% know exactly what you mean. I, I do. I understand fully. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that Mike Bailey um, brings out the best of not only me, I think everybody steps in the ring with. He's one of, he's one of a kind. He's uh, one of, well, I've been doing this for 24, 24 years. He's, I think he's with Kevin and, uh, and uh, Sammy Zayn. He's one of the best of all time. Worldwide, yeah. In your 24-year career, because you've had so many opponents and you've, you've fought in so many matches, is yeah. there is, I mean, there's, like you said, you, you're going to stop when your body, you know, wants you to stop when you feel the time is right. Yeah. But you've accomplished so much in your career, and whether you, you make it to WWE or not, or you make it to AEW or not, it doesn't matter. Your career has been fulfilling thus far, and, and coming from a man who respects the business, a tip of the hat to you because you've done a lot. But is there... Anything still in your career that you haven't done that you really want to try to tap into as we as we as we start this next decade? Yeah, TV. I a TV run, national TV run. I really think I have it in me. 
I think I could be a good heel for promotion to help bring out the best of their babyface talents. I've had a lot of personal issues over the past couple of years that have like held me back from being in a position where I could try to go to those promotions.
and, and they, they, they would see it. The thing is, I've had tryouts with WWE, and I, it's only being ring-related. It's going to sound like a bitter, like I'm bitter or I'm trying to find excuses, but I've, I was never given the chance to talk or cut a promo. And I allow myself this little bit of arrogance in saying that I believe if I was given the chance to cut promos, I would have had a job. Or if I was given a chance to perform in front of a crowd and not an empty fucking arena in front of agents, and they could have seen the reaction I can get from a crowd, even a crowd that doesn't has never seen me before, I believe I could have had a job. Now, have I done everything right in order to get those? No. So the only person to blame is myself. But to basically answer your question, the one thing that I don't, that I'd like to do, that I'm not saying that I need to do or will do, because its future is never certain. But I would, the person, the, the one thing I'd like to do is get a TV run. Or a contract with a national company, yes. I, I think a TV run would be great. I just think it has to be the right promotion that's going to respect the character and not try to alter it too much. I mean, changes will happen, yes, but as long as it stays intact where you can you can have that, you know, still a little bit of free reign, that's the most important yeah. thing. And I, I hope that there is a promotion out there that does give you the opportunity because I think you're worth it and I think your character is fantastic. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. And one final question before we wrap it up so you can go into the evening. Uh, but before, before I ask you the question, I want to take this time out to let you know that you are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my number. Well, I have yours. I do, yeah. Anytime you, want to, any fucking time. anytime you want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love, love to have you. Oh, well, you should say that. I'll call you every fucking day. I'm a talkative guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should have told me before firsthand if you were allowed cursing. I'm sorry. We have a tendency to get carried away. No, no. I'm okay with the cursing. It's completely understandable. <laughs> you, you see me watching a Raptors basketball game. I swear a lot during those games. Good, good, um, good. So my final question, if there's a young fan out there, that wants to get involved in this business and is listening to this conversation right now and has heard everything you had to say. And if there was one piece of advice or, you know, over your 24 year career, one piece of wisdom you could pass on to that young fan wanting to break into the business, what would you say? Listen to nothing but your heart and don't hold back. If it, listen to your drive, listen to your passion, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the negativities. Don't, it's going to sound phony coming from me, but don't be afraid of failure because there you'll face it. Just kick failure in the fucking face. Take it for what it is. It's just another obstacle you overcame and keep at it. If you know or think you can make it, is because you can work your fucking ass off and never give up. Sorry, John Cena, but I meant that. Believe in yourself before everybody does. Believe in what you have to offer and never let anyone make you doubt yourself. I love it. 
I think that's a great way to end this interview. Frankie the Beast King, thank you so much for taking the time out for Straight Talk Wrestling today. It's a real, real pleasure, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You go ahead and enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will you definitely chat too. again very soon. Anytime you want, brother. Okay, take it easy, man. You take care, too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, guys, what can I say, man? Frankie the Beast King. I did mention it this time around. The Beast King. Absolutely fantastic individual. Fantastic wrestler. Like I said, a lot of those matches can be found on YouTube. You just got to dig. You got to dig through. There's little five-minute clips here and there. But he absolutely incredible talent. 24 years in this business. Can't deny it. Like he said, he's had ups and downs. He's had his own battles. His own things that have held him back. But trust me when I say, this gentleman was a talent. To talk to him today was nothing but an absolute pleasure. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Next week's episode is next week's episode. Don't forget to follow the socials so you can find out who it's going to be. As always, I'm your host, your boy, the head of the Straight Talk Faithful, saying thank you guys so much for listening. As always, tune in next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.